absolutely gorgeous Thursday, right? Look out the window. It is storming. It's going to be storming for the rest of the day. All kidding aside, we understand some of our friends in northern Lafouche have been going through a really tough time with some of this rain. We hope everybody's doing okay, and we hope everybody is able to uh, get some remediation from this situation. Man, this line's finally starting to move. Hopefully, in the next 24 hours or so, we can get this crap out of here, and we could get back to normal weather pattern. Um, We've got a fun show today. We're going to be live until 1 o'clock. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. We've got in the ne- in not in the next segment at twelve o'clock. We got Mike Barba with South Terrebonne Baseball. Two reasons why I want to have Mike Barba on for the first. I want to talk with him about baseball. Of course, his team is starting the season soon, and they're on the practice fields, getting ready, all that good stuff. Then the second reason is Mike Barba has been one of the most outspoken folks talking about you know some of the LHSA changes and everything. And today is the day that we have the annual convention, and we have some news already about the annual convention that starts at 1 o'clock that we'll talk about in the next segment of the show. So Mike Barba at 12, uh, 12.15, Stan Gravois, our Terrebonne General Thursday interview, and then at the bottom of the show, we'll break down some things happening in the world of sports. Segment one, we'll uh, detail some basketball. It was a light schedule last night locally, and it's a light schedule locally today as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down the matchups for you from last night, and then we'll give you an updated look at our boys and girls power rating numbers because we are now in the situation where, like, hey, this stuff is starting to matter. (laughs) We've got a lot of teams that are on the bubble. We've got a lot of teams that are fighting for seeding, and this is hardcore. We're doing math in the office at 2 a.m. time if you're a boys or girls basketball coach in the area. We lead off with, Probably um, the most dramatic game of the night last night, which was Hanville getting a 73-71 to boys basketball win over Terrebonne. Both teams had a ton of offense. You know, you do the math, 144 points scored in a 32-minute game. That's a ton. Hanville bounces back after losing a one-point heartbreaker against HL Bourgeois and gets a two-point win over Terrebonne. Terrebonne, you feel for them, man. They lose close to these big elite teams. They haven't been able to jump up and bite anybody just yet. And when we get to the PowerPoint numbers in just a second, they better jump up and bite somebody real soon. But Hanville recovers, goes on the road, gets a two-point win, a lot of points scored, big old win for Hanville, big old loss for Terrebonne. Yeah, you you have to feel for Terrebonne Tigers. I mean, they... Man, they closed a lot of uh, probably about three or four, if if not more, closed games that they lost this year. Uh, you go back and O'Bruley was a, a, a closed game they lost. Uh, last night was a closed game. I think they had a couple of other ones recently. Central Lafouche. Yeah, it, it's uh, man, it, it's tough. They're right there, and if they can get hot to close the season, that's a team. You don't want to face in the playoffs because losing, you know, close games like this, if they can put it together in the last couple of weeks of the season, uh, I wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs. They can get hot. So I'm looking at the Terrebonne schedule. They lost to Vanderbilt in the first game by four. We were there. They lost on a three-pointer at the buzzer to Catholic of New Iberia the very next day by one. They lost to Bruley by two. They lost to Central Lafouche by five. That was a very close and competitive game. 
lost to Hanville last night by two. I mean, you start doing the numbers there, and if you start winning like three of those five games, you would be at home in the opening round versus fighting to get in. Tough one last night for them. Last night in Matthews, HL Bourgeois finishes the first round of our local 5A district unbeaten. They get a 57-38 win over Central Lafouche. That game was tied at halftime. In the second half, it wasn't tied anymore. HL Bourgeois goes on a big old surge and dominates the rest of the game. Chris Coleman scored 24 points for the Braves. Isaiah Williams got 12 for the Trojans. Here's an interesting stat here. I'm going to try to find it in my text messages from Gage, who was giving me a rundown of how the game went down. Let's see. Let's see. All right, here we go. Um, Chris Coleman, 13 of 21 at the free throw line. So he shot 21 free throws last night for a bourgeois team who stays hot, undefeated in round one of district. We said openly... At the beginning of this district, we didn't think anybody would go through it undefeated. Well, Bourgeois got a chance, man. They go through round one undefeated, get a 19-point road win against Central Lafouche, break a halftime tie, and absolutely dominate the second half. Yeah, honestly, the result of Bourgeois beating Central don't really surprise me. Uh, the margin of victory kind of does, and more importantly is the, the lack of offensive Output from the Trojans in the second half. They struggled bad in the four, second was half. Was it four points? Is that correct? Four points well, in the second half? So we got the halftime score incorrect, but they scored 14 points in 14. the second half. Not that that's any better. <laughs> yeah, 14 points in the second half. Yeah, that, You're not going to beat HL scoring 14 and a half. It, it, it's not going to happen. And don't, and don't, and really, to only lose what, by 19? When you, so it's. Um, I was surprised by the outcome, the, the margin of victory. Now, Gage told me in, in the text message, he said, Isaiah Williams was our only player in double figures with 12. So that means Evan was not in double figures. That means Bourgeois was doing an excellent job trying to hold him down. That's a great defensive effort when you could hold a special player like that below the double-digit line. Yeah, it, great point. When you hold Griffin to less than 10, I, I would say 99 times out of 100, you're going to win. There yep. may be one time, maybe you wouldn't, but 99, you, you, you're going to win. Home of Christian School, the game that we were at, it was our game of the week, man, a thrilling game. They're down eight in the second half, rally back, play an excellent fourth quarter. They get a 43-38 to win over Thomas Jefferson. The Warriors made big shots late, got big stops late, got their crowd going. This was maybe a district championship type of game for them as Thomas Jefferson's one of the big dogs in that district. Richard Jones was open with us. He didn't say it on the air, but before we got on the air, he said, hey, we're probably a little bit of the underdogs today. And then after on the radio, he kind of hinted that too, said, hey, we were playing with house money. You get a big win, five-point win, defend your home floor. Huge win for home of Christian school last night. And this is we see this with this team all the time, man, like, they just got such great buy-in, and at the end of the game, they just decide, you know what, we ain't losing tonight. They all rallied together, and and it was made some big shots. You know, the Curtis kid made a big three-pointer, and Landry's making plays, and total team effort. Got a big old win last night against Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, Homer Christian Warriors, their will to win that game last night was impressive. You just had a feeling that they were going to win this game, and very, very unselfish play by that team and it's not just making the extra pass for you 
they sacrifice. They, you don't you don't see this in box scores where they're going to attack the offensive boards and the first guy may not get the ball, but he's tipping the ball or keeping the ball alive. And he, like they know, my teammates coming right behind me. If I don't get the board, the offensive board, they're gonna get it. And they just beat uh, Thomas Jefferson up on the offensive boards, and they got second, third ch- uh, chances at it. And they uh, they played some great defense. They contained uh, the two guys from Thomas Jefferson. I can't think of the names, but uh, Stevenson and Gary, Gary, Gary and Stevenson uh, can contained them enough to get the win. And uh, just a, a simple little defensive change in the beginning kind of threw them off off balance, and they took advantage of it and just a, a great win on their home court last night. No doubt. So we didn't have any girls' results last night, so let's dive into the power rating numbers as, as quickly as we could go through this. On the girls' side, Division One non-select, Hanville is number 14. They're in. They're fighting to try to stay at home with a 20-3 and record, but they're comfortably in. Destrahan is number 16 with a 13-6 and record. They're comfortably in. They're fighting for a home game. Where it gets dicey is towards the bottom. Thibodeau is 27, fighting to stay alive. They're fighting to try to punch their ticket in. They got some big wins recently to help their position. 27 seed, they're trying to punch their ticket forward. East St. John is 28th, same situation, trying to finish the season strong and punch their ticket forward. It's going to be a struggle for South Lafouche. They're 34th right now. You got to climb a bunch of spots and get into that 28th spot. You're about uh, 1.3 power points away from the 28th spot. It's going to be a grind for the Lady Tarpons. You need to win a bunch coming home, probably the rest of them, and you need to get some help. Central Lafouche below South Lafouche, eh, probably not getting in. Because you're two, almost two whole points below South Lafouche. HL Bourgeois not getting in. Terrebonne, South Terrebonne not getting in. Division 2, non-select. We have Lutcher, who's fighting for a home game. They're 13-5. and five. 15 seed overall, they're going to probably have a home game opportunity in the opening round if they could finish out the year strong. Assumption at 31, fighting to try to get in. They've still got a shot. They're only .4 away from 28. Uh, they've still got a shot. Ellender at 35th, they're not getting in. Morgan City at 41st, they're not getting in. We go to Division Three non-select, and we got St. James at 15-5. and five. They're number nine right now. They're comfortably in. They're comfortably at home. They'll be playing at home in the opening round. They're trying to get into the top eight to play two games at home, potentially. Berwick is 20th with a 14-6 and record. They're going to probably get into the postseason. Patterson fighting to get in at the number 30 mark. It's crazy, man. The bottom of some of these lower classifications, it, it gets dry fast. Patterson is 2-15 and 15 and is trying to get into the postseason. Um, select side, Division two select. Vanderbilt's number two in the state right now. They're holding on to that pretty tight. They're well behind Lafayette Christian. They're not moving up to number one, but they're well ahead of Madison Prep, so they're not going to drop to number three. Vanderbilt's pretty comfortably in that two spot. E.D. White sitting at number four right now. What would being number four mean? It would mean that you would be at home until the top 28, assuming that you continue to win. So that would be a huge coup to Coach Nick Snack and his team if they could hold on to that spot. Division three, select girls basketball power rating numbers. Homa Christian School, uh, excuse me, Homa Christian School, sitting at number fifteen right now, comfortably in, in running to get a home opening round game. What a job that would be for Coach Celestine and his staff if they could pull that off. Then finally, Division Four select girls basketball, 
Central Catholic of Morgan City. They have gotten hot lately. They're now 11-7, and seven, the number six overall seed in that bracket. Then you got Covenant Christian Academy sitting at 14-7. and seven. They're 18th overall right now. Both of those teams are comfortably in and are going to be playoff bound. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'll get you the boys' numbers, and then we'll talk about some LHSAA drama. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town and oh yeah, new canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie. Shoes! Shoes, please! Alright, we ran a little bit late. Normally we would have just rolled through the boys' basketball power rating numbers in the last segment, but I wanted to keep us on schedule. It's play-by-play here. Now we dive into the boys' basketball power rating numbers, and then we'll talk about some LHSA drama. Um, Division one non-select. You got the HL Bourgeois Braves, who are in a good spot. They're 17-8, and eight, and they're sitting at number seven right now in the power ratings. If you're in the top eight, Excuse me, you're going to be at home in the opening two rounds, um, assuming you keep winning. So Bourgeois is currently sitting at number seven, and they're in a good spot. Hanville sitting at number 12 right now after getting a big win over Terrebonne. They would be at home in the opening round. Pretty pretty comfortably uh, could say that they're going to be at home in the opening round. East St. John fighting for it right now. They're at the 15 spot, trying to stay in that top 16. East St. John trying to get a home game. Central Lafouche, 14-7 and seven overall. They're number 22 right now. The Trojans have about a .6 of a power point edge over the 28 team, but they have a 1.6 edge over the number 29 team. So it looks like the Trojans are pretty comfortably in right now. 
It gets dicey for Terrebonne. Terrebonne is 25th right now. They're 16-11 and 11 overall. They better start winning some games coming home because right now they have just a .2 edge over the number 28 team. And then they got a little bit more of a cushion, about a 1.3 edge over the number 29 team. But you don't want to be 28 because if anybody outside of the top 28 wins their district championship, then guess who's going home? So you want to create a little bit of cushion, a little bit of separation there. And Terrebonne better find some wins coming home. And um, and they better find some wins coming home in a hurry. Thibodeau's not going to the playoffs. They're 38. South Lafouche not going to the playoffs. South Terrebonne and Destrahan not going to the playoffs in Division One non-select. Division Two, non-select. Our friends at Bruley are number three right now. They're 18 and one. They're in a great spot. They're doing some good things. We want to shout out their uh, their coach out there uh, doing a great job, Coach Luke. Um, Lutcher at 21. They're pretty comfortably in the postseason. They're sitting with a nine and 12 mark. So the Lutcher Bulldogs are going to be playoff bound. The big drama coming in Division Two non-select locally is will Ellender get in? Coach Cornell Scott told us he said, "Hey man, it's our goal. We're trying to get in. This is our goal for the season right now." They're playing much better as of late. They're 9-13. and 13. They're about a half of a power point away at number 29 um, from catching number 28, Eunice. So they're going to need to win. They're going to need Eunice to lose a little bit coming home, and the Patriots can maybe punch that ticket forward. Uh, Morgan City not going to get in. Assumption not going to get in. That's Division Two, non-select. Division Three. we got some local contenders. Patterson, who we saw the other night, they're number six in Division Three, non-select with an 11-13 and 13 record. They're up and down. They're all over the place. But, man, when they play well, they beat some of the big dogs. Donaldsonville, 11-9. and nine. They're the 14th team right now in Division Three, non-select. So they're going to be comfortably in. They're playing to try to get to the postseason. St. James, our old guy, Coach Latin, and the crew, they're fighting for it. They're 28th right now. They're trying to hold on to that 28th spot and get themselves into the postseason. Berwick is not going to make the postseason in Division Three non-select. We go to the select side, Division Two select. Vanderbilt Catholic, they're in. They're going to be at home, all that good stuff. They're 18-3. and three. They're number three right now. What they're playing for the rest of the season is to hold on to a top-four seed because if you could hold on to a top-four seed, you'll be at home throughout the entire postseason until the top 28. They had that last year and lost to Shaw in the quarterfinals, so it doesn't guarantee you anything. Um but it means that somebody would have to beat you on your home floor, which is, is certainly a huge advantage. Look at that division. Oh, it's ridiculous. Madison Prep, 13 and 1. Peabody, 19 and 3. Vanderbilt, 18 and 3. Carver, 16 and 5. Lafayette Christian, 19 and 2. Buckeye, 23 and 0. Shaw, 16 and 2. It's ridiculous. Wow. When Shaw's the seventh seed in your bracket, um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And don't forget nine, Landry. 17 and 8. Uh, dude, you go down to 18. Archbishop Hannon. Washington oh. Marion is at 18. Something tells me Washington Marion could play a little bit based on what we've seen in the past. De La Salle, 21. Like, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. E.D. White is right on the bubble. E.D. White you need, needs to finish in the top 24. They are 24th. So they are right on the bubble trying to hang on. The Willow School's trying to chase them down. The Cardinals need to finish their season strong to try to get into the postseason. Division three, select. Homer Christian School went a long way to helping their postseason chances yesterday. They got a big old win over Thomas Jefferson that moved them up to number 19. Now, Homer Christian School's clearest path to try to get in 
would be to just win their district, which they they positioned themselves nicely to do yesterday. They're sitting at number 19, got to stay in the top 24. Richard Jones was telling us if they win the rest of their games, he thinks they got an outside chance to maybe get to 17 or something in that area. They could potentially play Thomas Jefferson in the playoffs. Was Thomas Jefferson sitting in that same area? Boy, wouldn't we love to see that matchup again. That would be a whole lot of fun if those teams ran into one another in the postseason. Division four, select. We've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's sitting at 12-6. and six. They're number five overall. They are playing some good basketball. They're going to be at home in the opening round. They're trying to climb into the top four. Covenant Christian Academy is number 12. Troy Jackson, one of the um, guys that's got to be considered local coach of the year, doing an excellent job with his team. They were supposed to be one year away. Well, they said, you know what? To heck with one year away. We're going to be good this year. They're number 12 right now with a 12-7 and record. They're going to be at home in the opening round. So kudos to those local teams. We've got a lot of local teams that will be playing opening round playoff games in the comforts of their home. And something tells me we might even sneak out to a couple of those games and maybe um, bring them to the masses. That would be nice. So let's talk about this. Today is the LHSA annual convention, and we do have one piece of, of news that broke from that already today. You and I have been talking about um, the one-time freebie transfer thing that was proposed and which would basically create a transfer portal within the LHSAA. For those of you who were as concerned about that as us, you could exhale a little bit. They're not voting on that today. It was pulled from the agenda today. Um, We're not going to be seeing a vote on that. But what we will be seeing a vote on today is will we see districts created by divisions? which could potentially impact South Lafourche in a great way. If this passes and South Lafourche remains Division I, which is where they are right now, then no longer would they be allowed to be in a district with a bunch of Division II teams like Assumption and Ellender and Vanderbilt, and they would have to be in a district with all Division I teams, which would move them into a district with Terrebonne, East St. John, Hanville, Destrehan, HL Bourgeois, Central Lafouche would be a much more difficult uh, thing. I think there's some traction to pass this because for every South Lafouche that would be negatively impacted by this, there are probably five or six schools that are saying, hey, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Why aren't we doing that? I think this is probably going to pass if they decide to vote on it. And I think Tarpon fans should be a little uncomfortable because there's a very real chance that next year you're not going to be in this Lutcher E.D. White Vanderbilt Assumption District because you might be with the big dogs. And, boy, that would be really, really rough. Yeah, look, I, um, from talking to a few people, I think it has a – if it's voted on, which you never know, but it seems like it will be. I think it uh, would pass that they would district by divisions – and again, uh, if South Lafourche stays Division One, which we don't know yet, right? They, and um, there, there's a, a a slight chance also where the new division would be like a Bayou division and keep the river out. Uh, I would be in favor of that. That that would be great. Uh, not sure if that would would happen, but uh, who knows? And look, they we don't. They may pass it today and. Will they come with the divisions today? All right, 
these people are in this division. Oh, who knows? What I, I don't know if they would go all the way through with it. Um, because when you look at the whole picture, not every school is going to be happy, regardless of on any vote. You're not going to please every school. And the LHSA is looking at it, and they're supposing there was like 15 schools out of the entire association that would be affected by district and by divisions. And South LaFouche happens just to be one of those 15 right now with the numbers that were presented when they looked at that proposal. I, I think it's it's really interesting, and I think it's also really kind of unfortunate, the fact that we don't know yet who's in what division for the next cycle. We know, okay, South LaFouche is still in the 4A district, and this is what the 4A district is, and we know that E.D. White's moving up, and we got all that information. But why didn't they tell us, hey, here's what Division One's going to be. Here's the teams in Division Two. Here's the teams in Division Three. Why haven't they released that to us yet? We district and classified months ago. Why haven't they released us a list of teams in what division? What are they withholding from us? Why are we not privy to that information yet? Yeah, we're assuming it hasn't been released. Uh, I'm sure if it was, we would have got. Yeah, but Coach Barber told me it ain't released. He's joining us yeah, in the net. Yeah, he don't know what, where they are. So uh, I don't know. How can you vote on something not knowing? That's where I'm going. Is, is there going to be asked to vote on something and you don't even know where your school is? What if they decide, all right, we're going to maybe do five divisions and spread this out? Like, like You don't know what you're voting on. Um, and that's just, it, it's short-sighted to me. It's short-sighted to me. Well, they had class meetings this morning, and in the uh, both in the class B and class C meetings, they voted to unite their select and non-select schools in split sports of basketball, baseball, and softball. So class B and C will be united as one class in select, but not non-select, correct? And select and non-select. And, okay, okay. All right, I got you. So, okay, now is that going to be one united, like we're coming back together class, or is it going to be we're going to have a Division 5 select the Division 5 non-select? No, I think coming together. So they're coming select together. Select and non-select. Okay. So, it seems that, so B and C could potentially be ending the split. So that's going to give the LHSA four divisions and then B and C brackets in those sports. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. That, that's very interesting. So it looks like at least two of the classifications have opted to get away from the split format. That's what it, it looks like, right? Vote Unite, their select and non-select schools. Yeah, and the yeah. sports that was split. Yeah, that yeah that, that that that's exactly how it reads to me. Um, so okay, very interesting to see that is uh some of the smaller schools, some of the less mainstream schools, but they're making the decision to kind of come back together. We'll see if there's any traction, uh, for any of the other classifications to potentially do that. Let Let's talk about this, um, the transfer portal thing, the free I, I call it the transfer portal thing. That's not what it is. Free one time transfer waiver, um. That was never going to pass, right? I mean, they, they, they lifted it. It was never going to pass. We, we talked about this. We, we thought it was too early. I think in the future, five, six years from now, who knows? It might end up passing. We thought it was too early. They're not voting on it. That's not a big surprise. We discussed this about two, three weeks ago. We said we didn't think they would vote on it. That's not a big shocker to me that they end up pulling that from the agenda. 
Right. They, I think they're going to look at it more and um, get the wording correct, how they want it, uh, to um, to get it in the handbook. And, uh, hell, politic for it. The ones who want it, you know, trying to explain their reasoning behind voting for it and trying to get some gain support and tr- some traction on it for uh, the next year possibly. Selfishly, I was hoping that it would get voted on today because just out of curiosity, I just wanted to see how close it would have been or how not close it would have been. Um, I think it would have been very telling if it was, you know, a 57% nay, 43% yay, then, hey, this thing's coming. If it was 80 to 20, then, you know, hey, we're still ways away. I just would have wanted to see who voted where and how it would have shaken itself out, but we're not going to get that opportunity the convention meeting starts at 1 o'clock. We're going to miss it today, but tomorrow we'll be all over it letting you know what happened. Let's catch a break when we get back. Coach Mike Barber will be joining us. Coach Mike Barber is one of those guys nervously awaiting the things happening in Baton Rouge. He doesn't know if his team's Division One. He doesn't know if his team's Division Two. Um, he's trying to figure all these things out as we are. We'll chat with him in the next segment. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEB. Casey Jistler here with Coach Brian Colley. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we make a trip out to Berg, and we have South Terrebonne baseball coach, Coach Mike Barba on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, man. I'm uh, doing all right. I'm watching the rainfall and trying to make sure it don't flood us out. 
It never fails, brother. Uh, it doesn't rain all summer. It doesn't rain all fall. You guys open up practices on, what, Monday or whatever, and it's going to rain every single day this week. It never fails. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, just in time, you know, for all the water to come down for the fields that aren't turfed and aren't covered and all that other stuff, you know. Good time. Good time to be involved. Talk to us about that. What do you guys do, if anything, on these rainy days? Man, you guys are able to, to kind of start going after it and start practicing, but can you get any gym work? Do you go on the turf when there's no lightning? Like, what do you get done on a rainy day? Uh, you know, one of our one of our big things when we talk about as a team is bad weather baseball. And these games that you show up at, you know, on a Saturday morning for a tournament and the uh, – it just rained the night before, so the field's mushy and, and all of that. It, there can't be any excuse. We still got to go out there, and the game means just, just as much in, in February as it does in May. Um, but, you know, we're kind of lucky over here, I guess. We have the, the turf football field where we can get a lot of work in if it's not currently raining at the moment. Um, and, and last year, uh, one of our investments that we did within our program is we, we covered and completely closed in our cages. So, we're pretty waterproof back there when it comes to hitting, um, but nothing really replicates actually getting on a field. Yeah, no doubt, man. Look, tell us a little bit about your club. I know you guys got some key pieces back, but also got some holes to fill. Uh, what, where are some of those spots on that depth chart that you guys have the most competition right now? You know, our, our infield is going to be pretty competitive. Um, we, you know, we lost a lot of guys on that last year. We're going to return pretty much uh, – the, the outfield and behind the plate. So we're looking to fill, uh, fill that third base role and, and try to develop a little consistency at second base. Uh, it's going to be some of our main things that we're looking at. But we're excited about our guys. Uh, we put in a really good offseason and, you know, all the normal normal coach talk about them, but I'm excited about them. And I'm, I'm, the biggest thing that I tell everybody is, is I'm excited about the unknown. You know, that we don't really know too much uh, about them and how they're going to react when the lights come on, and, and it really means something. Um, but just having that challenge in front of us is exciting. Tell us a little bit about your staff on the mound. Uh, you know this. I mean, if you can't pitch, you don't have a chance. I know you guys are going to have some some new faces there and some roles. Tell us about some of the arms that you're most excited about. Well, we're going to bring back uh, Braden Claymaw. He, he didn't throw for us a lot last year, but he's one of our guys that we're going to try to lean on a little bit to provide some juice and get us off uh, to a good start in some games. Um, one guy that we're, we're excited to bring back uh, that, that gave us some quality innings last year is Ian Bowen. Uh, tall, lanky kid. He's going to throw right at 12 o'clock. Uh, and... And it's going to come at, a, at an angle from a from a pretty good height. You know, he's about six foot six one or whatever. Um, but when he's on the mound, it looks like he's six five. So um, we're excited about him too to, to try to give us some innings and, and make sure that we're pushing into the fifth, sixth inning. You know, some games to try to alleviate some of the bullpen things. You know, when we get into the bullpen, we got a bunch of strike throwers that we're going to have to lean on. Uh, you're talking about Gavin Troxler, uh, Grant Bowen. Logan Mallard's been working to give us some innings. And, you know, some, some guys that haven't really got a lot of game time is going to have to step up. And uh, <laughs> when, when they're raining out every day, it's kind of hard to get a look at them. And we'll see. You know, it goes back to that unknown. We're excited about it. I, I like my group. 
Coach, you guys have a luxury in that. It's like a three- or a four-year starter behind the plate with the Detelier kid. It's almost like having another coach on the field or having a senior point guard in basketball, whatever cliche you want to use. That's a big luxury you guys have, man. He's a wall back there. Absolutely. Uh, Drake is, is outstanding. And, man, it's uh, it's going to be hard to see him go. You know, it's going to be different. I'm um, trying not to think about it too much, honestly. So I <laughs> well, appreciate you bringing it up. But, uh, no, man, we, we know that uh, he's going to go on, and, and we're hoping that he goes on and plays, you know, at the next level somewhere. He's got the frame. He's got the build. He's got the tools. Um, so, you know, somebody needs to give him a shot. You know, somebody that might be out there looking for a big body catcher that can get the job done. Um, he, he has no doubt in my mind that he can play at that level. You guys have challenged the heck out of yourself on your schedule. Not to mention just your district is going to be challenging in and of itself. Uh, man, great opportunities to earn a bunch of power points in a lot of these games, brother. You guys are going to be tested early and often. Yeah, you know, if, if we're going to get stuck uh, in Division One and, and have to make a run in that bracket, then we've we've got to be ready for that bracket all season long. And if we go out and take care of business and, you know, win a few games here and there, we're going to, we're going to know going into the playoffs, if we have a real shot at competing in the playoffs, um, if, if we can't handle the schedule that we have right now, then honestly, we could look at ourselves in the mirror and be honest and say, we don't belong there anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, that might be harsh and might not be what people want to hear, but we're going to, we're going to prepare ourselves to, to not just have a good season, but to have a great season and, try to make some noise with the big boys in division one coach it's a rainy day so normally you're a hundred percent focused would be on baseball and practices and everything but today is also the day of the annual convention so on this rainy day you might be peeking on twitter a little more and kind of seeing what's going on out there you and i were talking about this privately at a basketball game recently you don't know if you're division one going forward you don't know if you're division two going forward we haven't seen the list. We know that the one-time free transfer is not going to be voted on. What are some things you're hearing, if anything, based on what you're expecting to see out of Baton Rouge today? Uh, I haven't heard, heard much today, honestly. Uh, I did see that the one-time transfer has been tabled. Uh, I did see that Class B and C decided to come back together in, in their little split, but I think that might have been a numbers game more than anything else. Um, so, you know... Uh, the definition of one day at a time because you don't have a clue. Uh, some of the uncontrollables out there with, with, you know, the people in charge that are making decisions for you. Um, you know, so we'll just try to control what we can control and, and see where we land as far as all of that. You know, I haven't heard much. I try to pay attention as much as I can just to try to stay in the loop, but uh, it's been a fairly quiet day so far from what I see. So, so here's my question, and, and I think this impacts you guys as much as anybody. The principals and athletic directors are going to be asked to vote on whether or not we're going to district by division. How in the heck does South Terrebonne vote on that when you don't know what division you're in? <laughs> the magic question. I don't know what they're <laughs> hiding. I don't know what their their hesitation is. I'm, I'm sure if you, you ask one, two, three of them, they'll have a reason to give you. Um, but what their hesitation is to, to come out with everything so far, all the districts have come out, all of the uh, all of the divisions for soccer and volleyball and all that stuff's come out, 
But for some reason, they are holding their tongue on the baseball, you know, and all that side of things. And and I, why? Why? If if they came out and they said we're going to district by division, I can't imagine that they would do that this year or next year. They would have to go back in a less than a six month span and redo all the districts, all the work that they've just done. Uh. So I don't know. It's it's uh, you know, if you try to figure it out, say out at this point, man, I'll, you're gonna hurt yourself or something. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why they're taking so long to let everybody know where they stand. Maybe they don't want the backlash. Maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. So let me ask you this: it, Let's assume for a second that you guys would stay Division One. I. I don't think that's the case. I think you guys are gonna be Division Two, but let's just assume you would stay Division One. Would you prefer to be in the 5A district at that point? Because we ask Chandler all the time, and he says, hey, look, if I'm going to be in the bracket with them, then I might as well be in the district with them. Other coaches disagree. If if South Terrebonne were to stay Division One, would you prefer to be in the 5A district? Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. I think Chandler's right on. Uh, and look what we did to our schedule this year just by being in Division One. We scheduled to to make noise in, in that bracket. And uh, if, if we're going to do so and expect to do so, then we've got to handle the schedule that we have. Uh, so district, you know, uh, you could argue that the district we're in right now might be tougher than the, the 5A district we might get put in, or it might be the same. I don't know. It, I don't even think it matters. They're both going to be tough. <laughs> Whether we stay here or we move up with, you know, Central Foods, which is doing a great job, Terrebonne, which is, which is always competitive. Uh, and then you got your, I don't know what they would do with Destrahan and Hornville. Uh, they might move them into Orleans if they add us and style of food. Uh, so, you know, you could argue that the district would be just the same. It'd be just as tough. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Look, you guys are approaching umpire scrimmages and jamborees and everything in the coming days and weeks ahead. What are some things that Coach Mike Barba is looking to see in the next two to three weeks to let him know that, hey, man, when it's opening day and we're taking on E.D. White, we're ready to go? Yeah, this is a, a crucial part of the year, uh, and, and we're evaluating everybody, and we're just trying to make sure that when we do play against E.D. White that we're putting our best nine on the field, uh, you know, and then just kind of put people where they belong. But the big thing I'm looking for is the same thing I look for every year. What, what is our mindset? Are we going out there and we're competing? Are we going out there and doing the things that we're coached to do? Are we going out there and controlling the controllables? Um, you know, that it might not be the, the sexiest thing I could say uh, or a coach could say, but, but it's the truth. And, and that's the only thing we focus on. And, you know, when we play Edie White over here uh, on opening day, uh, our, our main goal is to make sure whether we're up big, down big, up by a little, down by a little, um, that, that we're in the sixth and seventh inning with a chance to win. And, and that's our goals. And, and so that's what we're going to be building towards when we get into these scrimmages. Coach, those Lady Tigers have won four in a row, including a big one against Destrahan. Man, happy wife, happy life. It must be a good time at the Barber House right now, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me about it. I know. Uh, but no, I'm proud of her. She's doing a great job. Um, I'm just trying to stay out of her way, you know, try to learn a few things along the way. So when I get in season, I can apply some of the wind, some of that wind streak she's got going on right now. There um, you go. But no, 
I'm, I'm proud of what she's doing. And, and, you know, I know they had a little rough start at the beginning, but she's staying the course and, and she's getting those girls in the right place. And uh, kudos to her. Good stuff, brother. Thanks so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, man. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. Y'all stay dry. Yep, you too. That is Coach Barber doing an excellent job. I can't imagine. I mean, we asked him straight up. They don't know what division they're in. How the hell do you vote for something when you don't even know where you stand? Why aren't they telling us? He said it. Soccer knows. Volleyball knows. Why doesn't football, basketball, and baseball know? Why aren't they telling us? LHSA wants people confused, I think. It's... it's, um, and uh, I seen one poll. Someone said the LHSA is more concerned of what coaches feel or think than what parents do. Because uh, why can't a parent choose to have their kids go to school wherever they want and play? They're more worried about the coaches. But that crazy, crazy, crazy. That is going to be uh it's going to be an interesting uh 3 4 hours here to see how it goes. So really we can have people going to vote at 1 o'clock on something that tomorrow morning they can get the uh, information and say, "Wait a minute. This is what I voted on." Samantha Lagarde, the principal of South Lafouche is one of them. She don't know what division South Lafouche yeah. is in. No one does. And now you're being asked, to, should we should we district by division? You don't know what division you're in. How do you make that decision? If you don't know all of the information. All right, it would be like asking Americans in November, putting on the ballot, do you vote for the Republican or do you vote for the Democrat and not telling them who the person is. You know, yeah. you could be voting for a Republican who's, a criminal, or you could be re- voting for a Democrat who's, you know, I, I, they're not giving us all the information. And, and until we have that transparency, people are going to be very nervous, and rightfully so, because they don't know what they're deciding on today. Yeah, we're voting for a new Saints coach. You vote A or B. But we're not telling you the names. Then you vote A, then you find out the B candidate was Bill Belichick and the A candidate was Dennis, Dennis Allen. Allen. Yeah, uh, you're just guessing. Uh, it, it, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, I, I think that's the way they like it. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'm sure Stan's got some thoughts and some opinions on this as well. We'll have him on. It's our Terrible on General Thursday. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Mardi Gras day. Mardi Gras day. No way. 
other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call the local experts at Terminex, and those bayou boys will be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those bayou boys. They'll get you, get you, Terminex Tough! What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-398-7414. That's 800-398-7414. Welcome back to Play-By-Play Play here on KLEB. Casey just clear with Coach Brian Colley. It is Thursday. So we're going to have our Terrebonne General Thursday interview with one Mr. Stan Gravois, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon on this beautiful day. How are we doing today? Uh, like I told Brian, I'm dry. I guess that's the best I can hope for. Yeah, no doubt about that, my friend. Look, it is kind of a nervous day for some of the local high schools. Uh, we talked to Mike Barba in the last segment of the show. Today's the LHSA annual convention. And there's so much uncertainty. Um, we know that the transfer thing is not going to be voted on. That got lifted. We know that Class B and Class C are uniting and are coming together. There will not be a split there. Those are two things that we know. But when we were asking Mike Barber some things about the, the meeting today, he brought up a great point. And I guess South Lafouche is in a similar situation. Today, our principals and our athletic directors are going to be voting on an amendment which would allow the state to district by division, meaning if you're in Division One, you're going to be in a district with only Division One schools. Mike was saying, hey, we don't know if we're Division One or Division Two, so how in the hell do we vote on something when we don't even know where we are? I can't imagine being in the shoes of those ADs and those principals today because it's uh, there's just not a whole lot of transparency, and we're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, listen, I'm going to be the guy who's going to be the downer in all of this because I think, and I don't know this for sure, but again, just in talking to a few people, unfortunately, if you're South Terrebonne High or you're South Lafouche High, <laughs> the rest of the state don't give a rat's patootie about yep. you right now. And what's happening is the rest of the state's just moving on. And when it comes to being Division One. I think if Mike got on the phone and he called and he talked to somebody at the LHSA and said, hey, guys, you're asking me to vote. And I don't even know what I am. I think they would laugh at him and say, well, you're Division One. 
You've been playing Division One for two years. I think that's their attitude. Their attitude is, is your Division One. I. I really thought about a year ago, I won't even say a year ago, during the summer of last year, that they were going to sort of do some things that were going to make some things right. You know, they're not. South Revolution, South Terrebonne, again, this is what I think, So, I, I, and, and I know I'm the bearer of bad news if you're a fan of those two schools. You're Division One, and I think that's what you're going to stay, especially talking to friends around the state who are going, I know it means a lot to you guys personally, but to everybody else in the state it doesn't. Think about this. The teams that are basically 4A teams that are played in Division One are South LaFouche, South Terrebonne. That's a struggle for those two schools in just about every sport. I'm not saying you can't peek through and do some good things in a sport, but it, 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 it's sort of a struggle. But there's only a few other schools that are doing this, and you know who they are? They're Neville and they're Westgate, who are very competitive. So those schools who really could help you in putting up a fight with all of this are sitting there kind of going, well, you know, I'm Neville, and I actually finished as the number two seed in football in Division One, so it's not that bad for me. Or I'm Westgate, and I'm getting all of these tremendous athletes coming to me, so it's not that bad for me. The problem is, is it's really bad for South LaFouche and South Terrebonne, and I fear, again, hate to be that gloom and doom, and I'm kind of correlating with the weather today, I fear that there's nothing they're going to be able to do about it. I, I do think that if they are allowing them to vote next year, you're going to see South Terrebonne and South LaFouche playing in that district with Hornville and HL Bourgeois and Destrahan and such. Man, 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 that'd be tough. Look, talked about some high school basketball here for a second. Brian and I were, were vocal when the 5A district started and saying, ah, this is going to be chaos. Everybody's going to be beating everybody else, and the champion's going to have you know two, maybe three losses. HL Bourgeois has other plans right now. They have gone through the first round of district unbeaten, get a thrilling road win at Hanville, get a big road win against Central Lafouche last night. They've defeated East St. John in the first round, defeated Terrebonne in the first round. Andrew and his team are soaring, and, man, if they could complete that journey and go through this district unscathed, that would be a huge feather in their cap going into the postseason. It would be, but let, let, let's let the second half of district play yep. out because uh, there have been some times where I've seen HL, either in the first or second round, just not look like the same team. Now, seeing HL play probably four or five times this year, I believe they're special. They're very athletic. They can run up and down the court. Uh, they do some things. They have, they're not very big, but they're long if that makes any sense. So I think maybe until they play somebody who's really got bigs on the inside with the post, I don't, I don't know how they get beat. You know what I would love to see, quite honestly? I'd love to see HL Bourgeois and Vanderbilt hook up again. That would be one heck of a game. I believe that, you know, HL is steadily getting better, uh, which is something, obviously, that Coach Cayuette wanted to see. So, yeah, I, I could see him winning it all, but I'm you know cautiously optimistic that we have to let the second round play out just to see how it all pans out. Man, um, speaking of Vanderbilt, <laughs> Tommy Minton announced his retirement on December the 12th. We are now January the 25th, and we don't yet have a public announcement of a replacement. 
Stan, that's a long time, man. What's going on over there? They got to be getting close. I would expect something in the next week or two weeks. But man, I whenever Tommy announced before Christmas, I was thinking, okay, just after Christmas, beginning of the new year, we'll find something out. We're almost February, and we still don't know who the new coach over there is. And I'm very surprised at that. And to say that I know anything more than I knew a week ago when we talked would be a bold-faced lie. I really don't. I would say this. I do think that they had a couple of things in line, and they thought they were there. And because of some things that sort of came up, and some guys and ladies, I should say, because it certainly affects the entire family who decided that they wanted to do some other things or maybe remain where they were at. It kind of set Vanderbilt back just a little bit. But as you just stated, I'm very surprised. I thought, you know, it would be uh, not necessarily a next man up type thing, but I thought they would have it. And remember, the one thing about Vanderbilt is, and I think it's a, a big thing, there are those staffs out there that sort of remain intact when a new coach comes in. Vanderbilt's going to get wiped out. I mean, whoever comes in there is going to have to basically build an entire staff. You don't know how many teaching positions you have open. Uh, I do understand that that coach who takes that job is going to be the assistant athletic director, so that's a good thing. But when you can't maybe line up your offensive and defensive coordinators to have certain positions uh, related to teaching, that, that causes some problems. So I think they're sort of going through all of that. And listen, if they're just trying to wait it out, trying to do the prudent thing and not jump the gun and just grab somebody just to grab somebody, then kudos to them. But yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I I haven't I haven't heard a thing. It's a huge night for the LSU women's basketball team. They're trying to break the PMAC attendance record. They're trying to pack more than fifteen thousand people in for a women's basketball showdown between the Lady Tigers and South Carolina. First and foremost, I'll ask you a two prong question. First and foremost, will they break that attendance record? It's kind of a crummy day. Maybe that'll be a, a hindrance. And then second. Kim Mulkey said, hey, if we win, we're the national champions. We're not storming the floor. I don't think the fans are going to listen to that. So I'm going to ask you two parts. A, will they break the record? And B, will they follow Mulkey's advice should LSU be victorious in the game? I think you're right about the weather. I think the weather may be the key thing to not breaking the record. And quite honestly, for what LSU has done related to being, as Kim Mulkey calls them, the Beatles sort of now, uh, I don't, if you set the record tonight, I think it would be broken somewhere around the country next week because they have certainly put women's basketball in the spotlight. Uh, you know, Ohio State had that big crowd just recently. I think everybody's starting to have these big crowds. So, yeah, the answer to number one is, is I would say if they do break it, it won't be legit. I think it would be a paid attendance as opposed to a actual in-house attendance primarily because of the weather. Uh, the second part about, you know, uh, man, I got to tell you, I, that, that, that this is just, I never thought we would see women's basketball like this. So, you know, when I was younger, Louisiana Tech was a dominant school, but it wasn't your flagship university, so it didn't get the sort of, the only school that can make this be what it is is LSU and probably Kim Mulkey, you know, whether you like her or not, Brian. Uh, so that being said, <laughs> and, and listen, Brian, I'm, I'm with you on some of those things. It's, it's hard for me to be sitting here saying, man, I used to like the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, but now some of his stuff starts to scratch me the wrong way. 
Well, that's the same thing with Kim Mulkey to a certain extent, but she's smarter than all of us. She's doing what she has to do to keep those kids' attention. So I guess the answer is, yeah, they may break it tonight. The, the, the thing is, is, man, I went read about South Carolina. South Carolina is really good. And Dawn Staley is quiet, quiet good. And it, it, it's going to be a tough one. Now, Kim Mulkey is sort of carrying that banner that tonight's outcome, although she wants to win, is not the end all. So, you know, we'll sort of see how that plays out. Tonight's my big night for girls basketball, by the way, guys, because I'm going to immediately, when I leave work today, head out to the Donner Gym over in Donner, Louisiana, to see what I think is going to be a great game, CCA against uh, Central Catholic oh, yeah. basketball. They're both very, very good. And actually, uh, and I have to thank her, uh, our friend, Kathy Luke, gave me a call last night and said, hey, I, let, let, uh, why don't you come to the game with me? And I said, yeah, let, so I'm going to learn basketball tonight. I'll sit with Kathy and watch that one, and then I'll leave immediately from that and head over and watch LSU play. Sounds like a winner, man. Look, the, we've got four teams left in the NFL playoffs. We've got some very interesting matchups. We've got the Chiefs and the Ravens out in Baltimore. we got the Lions and the 49ers out in San Francisco couple of things I think that it's going to be two interesting games you know then also when you look at it Detroit is probably a bad call away from getting home field advantage and hosting San Francisco which is kind of nuts uh where do you stand on these two games man which one do you think is going to be the closest and, and I guess you know where you lean in both ways in these games oh that's a tough one and, and ironically enough I missed the show on Saturday and one of my friends I say a friend a guy I know called me up I shouldn't say that because he is a friend but not a close friend but I said, man, I was listening for you on Saturday. Didn't hear you. I said, yeah, I wasn't going to do that because, man, then I'd have had to pick. I don't look like a fool picking over there. <laughs> and, and actually, hindsight being 2020, I think I would have looked like a fool on a couple of them. But uh, that being said, I know it's what we do, and we sort of give our opinion on it. I, I would venture to say that San Francisco looks like they can win this one a little easier than, say, Kansas City going into Baltimore. Uh, the only thing is, is I actually thought that the 49ers would handle business against the Packers. And if it wasn't for the football gods, we'd see the Packers playing the uh, Lions this week. So that's, that's a tough but – if, but if the 49ers really put it all together and Debo Samuels plays in this game, I think – see them winning, especially since Detroit has to go on the road. That other one, man, I don't know what to think. You know, we thought Kansas City was dead this year, and the whole way I'm thinking, man, if they ever get it together, well, they might have got it together, you know. And listen, I kind of downplayed Lamar Jackson all year. He was my fantasy quarterback in fantasy football, and he didn't have a great year in fantasy, but, boy, he's turned it on the last couple of weeks, so... That one, I think, is a picket game. I think I would say San Francisco, and I don't know the line, but I'd say San Francisco, I would I would say, is a four-point, five-point favorite. Uh, and I guess if I'm with you guys on on Saturday, I'll I'll truly make a pick in the 49ers. Um, excuse me, in the Chiefs-Ravens game. But as of yet, right now, I, it's just a picket game to me. Oh, Stan, we just got some breaking news here. Um, this is very interesting. This is going to end up becoming a very big story. Will it you... make me happy or sad? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that it'll make you feel any type of emotion either way, but it is a very interesting story. Kayshawn Booty, former LSU player, is charged uh, with felony charges related to 
some illegal online gaming that he was doing reportedly before he turned 21 and it was still a member of the LSU football team. He apparently placed thousands of dollars of different bets, including on some LSU football games when he was still a player. Uh, several hundreds wow. of thousands of dollars, according to a source. He's going to turn himself into the police today. Felony charges. Stan, Brian and I talk about this a lot. We legalize this stuff. This stuff's going to keep happening, man. Keyshawn Butte is now going to be charged with a felony for apparently betting on LSU football while still a player. Boy, can you imagine what we don't know? I mean, you know, yep. obviously this came out. And you know what? You always sort of knew something wrong with Keyshawn Butte. And yep. maybe this was something that some people knew, and that was the problem behind it. And that's a felony, right? That's so, a felony. Man, if it's a felony, that really affects – and Brian may remember this, uh, Hot Rod Williams, who used to play at Tulane. Oh, yeah. You know, point, point shaving and all of that. But he got to continue his pro career, which I sort of never understood, but they didn't have sort of the protocols in place to punish you if you were caught, you know, with a felony. Man, I, that, that's huge. That's huge. And maybe – in, in the long run, that'll explain some of the things that were going on with Keyshawn Butte. I, I, look, once again, if you want to go make a friendly wager on something, I get it. But, man, when you're wagering and you're participating in that sport, that's just so dangerous, and it makes you wonder if there was ever a time where there was a drop pass or there was something that was done to undermine success yeah I, I hope he comes out that he was betting on lsu as opposed to against lsu the way he played his last year in lsu surely makes him wonder. <laughs> yeah, it does that's a, yeah he's he has certainly given us reason to wonder yet he goes over there and he makes the new england team fairly easy and so yeah it's kind of weird before we let you go, last thing, we're getting really, really close to Tri-Parish Media Day on the baseball and softball side. Looking super forward to that. Give us some deets, man. What are we going to be looking forward to next week? Yep, next Friday on the 2nd, which sort of correlates to the start of, you know, carnival season in our Bayou region. We're going to have all of those guys in. We're actually going to get set up at 11. If you guys remember, we started at 11.30 and we went till 1.00. But we always rushed up against the clock at 1 o'clock. And we want to finish by 1, but we definitely want to get those coaches in a little bit earlier, around 11 o'clock. And uh, you guys are always gracious and here and talk to those guys. They love it, man. I mean, when it first started, it was a way of sort of stopping football coaches from having to fill out umpteen, you know, preview sheets, right? And now it's gotten to be where it's just fellowship, camaraderie, Yet they get to go on live with you guys, which I, I think you guys have an inkling of what that means to them. But it means a ton. Yeah. It means that somebody cares about what we're doing and, and, and somebody's listening to what we're doing. Plus, it gives them the opportunity to talk to themselves. And, I, you know, I'd like to thank all of the print media and the television media who comes out. But, again, that's next Friday, 11 till 1 o'clock. Uh, we'll have our same food type trays all lined up and uh everybody has said that they'll be here as a matter of fact we're expecting 100 percent participation awesome the principals at the schools have been absolutely great the superintendent and at both uh public school systems and all of the presidents at the private schools have been like yeah this is great we're promoting our kids 
we want to do this. So, again, we'll, we're going to continue three times a year. It will always be football, volleyball somewhere in August. It will always be basketball, boys and girls, somewhere in November, uh, maybe October, late October. And it will always be baseball, softball, right at the beginning of February. So uh, we're excited about that. There we go. Stan, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. You guys, too. Try to stay dry. We're trying our best. This is a lightning storm out yeah. here. The lights almost went out on us a couple of times during the interview. But, yeah, you too, man. Have a great rest of the day. All right. Talk to you guys later. Yep. That is Stan Gravois doing an excellent job. As always, we do have Tri-Parish Media Day coming up. Um, we do have an active thunderstorm that's pouring down on us here in LaRose. How about this, Kayshawn Boutte stuff? What what wow. an idiot! Yeah, jerk. That's ridiculous. What an idiot! He he is. Tr- I, I say, what an idiot! Loosely, well, you are yeah. innocent until proven guilty. If he did what they said he did, he is an idiot. He is charged with compu- computer fraud, and which is a felony, and a misdemeanor count of gaming prohibited for persons under twenty-one. So basically, what they're saying he did was while playing for LSU. Before he turned 21, remember, got to be 21 or over to gamble. Before turning 21, he signed up to like a, a one of the betting sites, used a fake name or birthday or whatever, and placed wagers illegally on a fraudulent account and placed allegedly thousands of different bets, including some on LSU football. The report says. He wagered and paid out several hundreds of thousands of dollars during his time holding this account. And it just makes you wonder, Coach, because they pull up some stats here. All right. K. Sean Butte, ESPN College Stats. When this guy was at LSU, he was, as a freshman, a sensational talent and a very gifted player. As a sophomore, nine touchdowns in six games, he got injured at the end of the year, didn't finish. As a junior, he was terrible. So what is stopping Kayshawn Butte from going on FanDuel and saying, all right, betting props, Kayshawn Butte over under 70 yards receiving, under, and dropping every pass the whole game. Because, boy, when you watched him play, it sure as hell looked like that could have been a possibility, right? And then now when you hear this and hear that he cashed out hundreds of thousands of dollars. All right, Kayshawn Butte over under five and a half receptions. Well, I'm betting 50 grand on the under. When I get to five catches, I'm dropping everything the rest of the game or acting like I'm hurt. This does look very fishy. Very, very fishy. He got caught. This happens every week. It, 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 we talk about it all the time. There's too much money involved. And he just happened to get caught. He's charged with computer fraud, a felony, and a misdemeanor count of gaming prohibited for persons under 21. Now, is he, did he act alone? And look, and look, by the way, I don't know for sure that he was shaving points. I don't know that. But I'm just saying when you have a dude who goes from being the best receiver in the country to not being very good. It's easy to connect the dots. Uh, yes. It's easy to see where Kayshawn would maybe have said, okay, FanDuel, you say I'm going to get 80 yards receiving today? 
Let's go ahead and slide a hundred grand on this under real quick. And when we catch a couple of passes, all oh, my hamstrings hurt. I can't go. Oh, that's an easy hundred grand. Makes you wonder. Certainly makes you wonder. Going forward, it's going to make you wonder watching any game. Don't know uh, if this is going to affect his position with the Patriots. There's no thing here or nothing here that says that he bet on NFL games. Um, but they are oh. saying that he bet on several LSU games and placed thousands of bets with hundreds of thousands of dollars during his collegiate career. And, and what's crazy about it is is that doing that stuff is the misdemeanor. The felony is because he did it when he wasn't yet 21 yeah. years old. Um, crazy, these laws, and crazy the way this shakes out. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we'll talk about some things happening in the world of sports. We've got a huge women's basketball matchup today. Mulkey said some things yesterday. I'll ask if Coach Kali agrees with them. It's play-by-play -play in the middle of a hurricane here in La Rose. We'll be right back after this. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Performance Automotive and Accessories is your stop for lifts, rims, tires, and all your mechanical and maintenance needs. Our in-house mechanics are ready to keep you rolling. Before you buy tires and rims online, let us put a package together for you. We have alignment and tire equipment to do the job right. Call us first. Performance Automotive and Accessories, 985-798-RIMS. That's 985-798-7467. Again, 985-798-7467. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. The Balcony Restaurant, known for great steaks and quality seafood dishes, is open Monday through Friday, 11 to 2 and 5 to 8.30 night. The Balcony Restaurant features a daily lunch buffet. And on Friday, buffet opens for lunch and supper. They also have ball seafood nightly. The Balcony Restaurant, located in La Rose at 16550 Highway 1. For a great meal, call the Balcony Restaurant at 693-3368. That's 693-3368. For the best meal, it's the Balcony. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Duck Fab Incorporated is your first choice for professional HVAC duct systems. From project concept, design, drafting, to production and installation, Duck Fab prides itself in serving all of your HVAC system needs. From residential, commercial, municipalities, and industrial marine and land-based facilities, 
The Fat is there to serve Gulf Coast and River Region with its locations in Alma and Hazelhurst, Mississippi. The Fat, 352 Equity Boulevard, Alma, Louisiana, 985-876-3400. Duck Fab. Welcome back to Play by Play. We've got one more segment to go. Uh, we thank Coach Barber for the time. We thank Stan for the time. The NFL has named their five finalists for the MVP. That would be Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Dak Prescott, <laughs> what? Josh Allen, and Brock Purdy. Who do you think is going to win MVP? I think Christian McCaffrey is the most valuable player in the NFL, but it te- tends to be an award that has to go to a quarterback for some reason, so it'll probably go to Lamar Jackson. Who do you think is going to win the MVP? Uh, McCaffrey. Uh, I think that's I, who should win it. I think Lamar Jackson's going to win it. Okay, so those same five guys are also finalists for Offensive Player of the Year. Joining them would be Tyreek Hill of the Dolphins and C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys. So those are your seven candidates for Offensive Player of the Year. On the defensive side of the ball, Miles Garrett is a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year, as well as Micah Parsons, Deron Bland, Max Crosby, and T.J. Watt. Uh, so we'll see who takes home those NFL honors. I'm all aboard the Deron Bland for Player of the Year um, on the defensive side. Comeback Player of the Year, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tagovailoa, DeMar Hamlin, and Joe Flacco are the finalists. It's got to be DeMar Hamlin, right? He came back from death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at some point, I mean, yeah, it's got to be DeMar Hamlin. Oh, fake punt aside, we didn't even talk about that on Monday. How dumb was that fake punt that the Bills ran on Sunday? Very. They got lucky. It didn't score, but still. Yeah, it was an incredibly dumb decision. But anyway. They're not even close. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's talk about this. So I'm curious, and I've been curious to hear your thoughts on this. I actually agree with what what Mulkey is saying, but you and Mulkey have become like oil and water lately, so I'm curious to see if you agree. Mulkey said yesterday, and I'm going to play you the clip here in just a second, they were asking her about the South Carolina game today and the coaching matchup between she and Dawn Staley. She said, hey, it ain't going to come down to me and Dawn. It's going to come down to the players competing. And let's listen to what she says, and we're going to get coaches' comments on it. Some talent on the floor. And um, I've always said this. In close games, if it should be a close game, I'm not out coaching Dawn. Dawn's not going to out coach me. It's going to be ballers out there making plays. And that'll be fun for all of us to see. So so let's react to that. You know, because we tend to say, oh, well, you know, it's a coaching matchup and this and that. And and she said, hey, I'm one of the best. Dawn's one of the best. If it's a 65 to 65 game with four minutes left and ain't nothing we're going to do, it's up to the kids at that point. Some would see that as, hey, she's right. Angel Reese got to go make some plays. Van Lith, this is what we're paying you NIL money to go do. Some would see that as, Shaking responsibility and blaming the kids if it doesn't go your way. Do you agree with that? I do. I, I agree with that. I think it's at the end of the day, you could only do so much. It's up to the Jimmys and the Joes. I agree with what Mulkey's saying here, but you coached, I didn't. What are your thoughts on what you had to say? No, I agree with him. Uh, players make good coaches. 
You know, yep. uh, if you got the players, yes, a lot of times the coach may look good, but it's, it's the players on the court. Uh, the coach's job is to put them in the best situation to have success. And uh, that, that's their job. And at the end of the game, you got to rely on your players to to make those plays. And uh, if they don't, then I'm I'm sure Coach Malky will go on there and not blame her players. And they didn't. It's well, we didn't get them ready. I I didn't do my job in practice to put them in a situation where this play would have would have come easier to them. So. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with her. LSU fans are going to be mad at me for what I'm about to say next, right? South Carolina was better than LSU was last year. LSU had, was very fortunate to go through the NCAA tournament, and, and South Carolina got upset. Iowa played the game of their life. And they were very fortunate last year. When the two teams played head-to-head, South Carolina beat the dog duty out of them. Tonight, though, I was very surprised to open up my FanDuel app hit women's basketball, and see that South Carolina tonight is a 10-point favorite. Actually, now I say that the line has dropped, so there you go. The line has dropped from South Carolina being favored by 10 to now just by 7.5. Uh, so maybe some of the betters are siding with me. But even still, in the PMAC, rowdy, crazy environment, a an inexperienced South Carolina team, though they've been dominant, it's a lot of new pieces, it's not the same team as last year. 10 points felt like a ton. Seven and a half still feels like a ton. I don't know why LSU is such a huge underdog today. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why South Carolina is so heavily favored on the road tonight. Can you see how a uh, booty bet? <laughs> booty, whatever. The only thing he's going to be betting on is the, the amount of his bond, which, yeah. which would be whenever he turns himself in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's a that's that, a lot of points, it is, dude. It is. Uh, but look – if the game is close throughout, one team has the potential to, in the last couple of minutes, to extend it a little bit. It, 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 that could happen. You know, you think it could it go down to two, three points? Here's, I guess, my concern. LSU doesn't have any depth. They they got five starters that are all all American caliber players. They play one young lady primarily off the bench, maybe a second. They don't have any depth, which what that means is you get any type of foul trouble or anything, you're in you're in trouble. So maybe that's where they're leaning South Carolina. South Carolina plays way more girls than LSU does. But the front end, high-level star players, LSU got those. I mean, you got Angel Reese and Michaela Williams and Anisha Morrow and Van Lith and They've got the star power maybe that South Carolina doesn't have. I think the key to the game is going to be this. It almost feels like an old-school, really good South Lafouche team against an old-school, really good like HL Bourgeois team, and that LSU is going to want to run. They're going to want to score 100 points. That's the way they play. They're going to want to get up and down. South Carolina is going to play or want to play in a more controlled tempo, use their defense to force turnovers, Whoever imposes their style on the other the best is probably going to be the team that ends up winning. And when you have such drastically different styles like this, what are some things that matter? 
Free throw shooting matters. How the game's officiated matters. Rebounding matters. I think all of these little things are going to decide who ends up winning tonight at the PMAC. Yeah, I think it's some valid points. And uh, let's see how uh, your coach is going to act on the sideline tonight. Let's see how the other coach is going to act, too. Is when, when she's been in situations where she's had to actually coach before, she tends to just sit down and watch. Yeah, and it, what... <laughs> And that could very well happen. She may do it, but I'm just talking. Uh, let, let's watch the one the players on the court, and she's going to want the the focus on her. Well, well, well let, let, this is not something you could bet on on FanDuel. But if I ran a sports gaming site, this would be something that I would put up there. The dress tonight's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be glowing in the dark. It's going. She's going to be like a Christmas tree. You know it. It's going to be yes, bright oh, colors and. Yes, she ain't going to just be wearing traditional colors today. It's going to be neon green with uh, lights. And yeah, it's going to be. She wants it about her. It's going to be very interesting to see the Kim Mulkey attire tonight as LSU takes on South Carolina. I'm jacked up. I'm super excited for it. I hope they break the attendance record. I think, you know, I was talking about with Stan, maybe the weather being a hindrance. That weather's pretty much past Baton Rouge now. Hopefully by 7 o'clock tonight, that won't be a factor. I expect it loud. I expect it to be crazy, and hopefully LSU holds up their end of the deal and gets a very big win over the Gamecocks tonight. Yeah, I don't agree, but you're uh, gonna, you're going to really root for Dawn Staley over LSU's women tonight. Come on, man! man like I, it's I, okay, I it's okay to say that you don't have a preference I, either way, but you can't say you're rooting for Dawn no, Staley. No, I'm not going to say root because it really doesn't matter. I mean. I just I hope they break the attendance. I really do. I I hope the weather passes. Uh, I think the program deserves deserves that. But from where they where they were to where they came, uh, I really I, I hope they break the record. Yeah, I I, really I, I do. do too. I, I hope they do too. Game wise, I I don't care. And that's fair. If you would have said, "Oh yeah, go South Carolina," come on, dude, you got you would be rooting for that. No, that's- because she I, I I dislike the way she coaches. Don't like the way she Staley, coaches. I'm talking about Staley. Don't right, like right. some of her opinions. She's the same woman who openly said that the only reason why LSU is giving support to Kim Mulkey that they didn't give to Fargus is because Kim Mulkey nah, yeah, is white and Coach Fargus is black. Don't like a whole lot about Don Staley. Um, so yes, I yeah. If you don't have a dog in the fight, that's okay. But who? We would not have been on speaking terms if you would have said, yeah, go South Carolina. No, man. Yeah, don't I'm not going to come in with a South Carolina shirt. There. That, that, I could that, appreciate that. That won't happen. I could certainly appreciate that. Remember we told you on Monday, uh, Nick Dunlap uh, was an amateur who won a PGA Tour event. <laughs> Ain't an amateur anymore. He turned pro today. By winning that PGA Tour event, though, he got a full card, so why not turn pro? He's 20 years old. Um, he is now going to be eligible for three for three of the four major championships next year. Has a full tour card. He's an Alabama guy. Congratulations to him, dude. I can't imagine the pressure of being a 20-year-old college kid on a Sunday trying to outlast like Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, and he did it, and now he's part of that. Might be the next phenom in the sport. Very curious to see where he goes from here. Ooh, at a young age, boy, that, that's, he's set to make some – He's not even <laughs> some money. He's not even legal to bet on himself on FanDuel. Yet. Yeah, well, he may do it. That don't stop you. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost their offensive coordinator because the Carolina Panthers hired Dave Canales as their new head coach. 
the Panthers are kind of interesting, right? They All the other teams in the NFL are hunting for these big fish. Harbaugh's going to the Chargers. We didn't talk about that, but he's going to the Chargers. The Falcons are trying to chase down Bill Belichick, and the Seahawks are having a second interview with Dan Quinn. And like You hear all these big names. Vrabel has been tied. Carolina was not big game hunting. They wanted a younger assistant coach. I don't know. Maybe it's because they feel like they're still a little ways away. This is a Carolina team that should have had the number one pick in the draft, but they traded it to the Chicago Bears. Don't know how good of a job that is, because I don't think Bryce Young is very good, but they're going to get Tampa Bay's OC, and his job is to try to fix Bryce Young and fix that Carolina offense so that they're not so damn bad next year. That's a lot of work. We'll take a miracle job there, but they get Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator in the shuffle. LHSA meeting just started. So Just started out in Baton Rouge. We're going to have that one covered wall-to-wall tomorrow and see how it all shakes out. Tonight, 5.30, we are at LCO. The rain by then should be stopped. Come on out and visit us tonight. It is a huge girls basketball game. The only two parish unbeatens. I'll go so far as to say the winner of that game is going to probably win the parish championship. Big old boys game as well. Two very competitive teams. Can't wait for that one. The Cubs are coming to the Bulldogs' um, house, and it should be a very great game. We'll start at 5.30 uh, with the girls, the boys to follow. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Stan for his time. Thanks to Coach Barba for his time. Got an exciting show tomorrow breaking down the soap opera in Baton Rouge. You've been listening to Play by Play. Stay dry. Be safe on the roads. Have a wonderful rest of the day. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow.